anyway, we're going to start out talking about division. And, you know, a lot of times, like I said, you think about math problems, you think about that. But what I want to talk about today, have you ever really thought about division being a tool of the enemy? He uses that as a crowbar to keep us from the, the greatest things that God has for us a lot of time. And really, that's a great lead-in because a lot of times he tries to keep you from praying. That communication, boy, if he can interrupt that, that, that right there, I mean, he's got you on the ropes, you know. But aren't you glad that God never lets us go, amen? So think about this. I said, you know, Satan has always been in the dividing business. I said, from the very beginning, he divided the first couple, bringing disharmony and sin between Adam and Eve. He divided the first family, putting Cain against Abel, and it's no different now. And a lot of times it seems like it's even worse nowadays. Now, we reel back 100 years, people might say it was worse then, but I know that we're living in things now. And with the technology age, oh, man, you can get bad news fast, can't you? You don't usually get the good news that fast. We're waiting for a few things to come through on the TV last night. We're waiting for some results, and it's just like slow, you know. But, man, if it's bad news, we're going to cut to our camera out here. Man, they're always ready to publicize the negative. One of my buddies at work at, at, that always told me, said, man, you got one thing true that you always say. And one of my sayings is, I said, why do people always default to the negative, the natural, you know? Man, you can find people, man, they'll jump right on that bandwagon. Well, today, I'm going to flip it a little bit. If you got your Bibles with you, uh, I hope you can see that. Psalm 133.1 is really going to be where we're launching out. And this is what God has for us here. It said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. So today we're going to be looking at bringing unity to the bottom body of Christ and instead of division. And you know what? You have to work on that, don't you? Because it's easy to find something wrong in somebody else's life, isn't it? Come on now. You know, we, we can do that real fast, can't we? And you know, a lot of times we, we look in the mirror and stuff and, and pick ourselves apart. But can we find what's good? I'm going to tell you what. God is in the multiplication business. And so I hope today, when we cut through some of the scriptures and stuff we got today, that the Holy Spirit takes up our words here today and just makes it so much more than what God could, could, could just do through one person. But through his kingdom, we want to see it grow today, all right? Everybody doing good? Let me hear you say amen. amen. I hope you got your notes with you today. We got some great things to put down where you can review later. So we're going to start off talking about unity. And I love to jump in with God's word. Let's take a look at that. I hope you can see that there. And that looks like it shrunk on me. But here, I'll read it to you. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. I think when it comes to unity, we really need to unite with the, word, the Lord himself first. It all starts with Jesus, doesn't it? We've got to have that foundation. And it's, it's got to be the center line of everything we do. Because if not, it's hard to build a house on a hill, isn't it? You know? You've got to have that foundation. And I thought about this. I said, man... It always starts off with him in the middle. And, and it, it affects every relationship that we got, you know, uh, whether it's, it's with your wife, whether it's with work or anything. Because what you believe, if you really believe it, and that's what, who you are, and that's what makes you tick, it's going to impact every area of your life. I said many times it's going to affect how you spend your time. It's going to affect how you raise your children, how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, all those things. And if we're not grounded in the word of God, guess what? We don't have the foundation that we were made to have. Aren't you glad that God's willing to grab you right where you are? Aren't you glad he's ready to, to shore those things up? Got a few more things here. Ephesians 4, 2, and I'm going to read right on through it. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. 
For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And I thought, well, let's just kind of walk through that. You can read that and go, man, that, that's, that's, that's deep. It really is. But let's break it down a little bit. I said, being humble and gentle. Think about it. You know, when folks are, are responding that way, it changes everything. Let me tell you, humble doesn't mean being weak and being a pushover. That means giving God the proper place in your life. That's, that's allowing God to work through your life so that other people will see him and be drawn to him through your actions. Amen? Humbling yourself. My dad used to tell me, so man, if you're doing what's right, you don't have to honk your own horn. Because, you know, the cream's going to rise to the top. So many times we look at stuff and we go, look at me, look at me. Anybody work with anybody got a, got a bad arm because it's always doing this? Patting, patting itself on the back? Bonnie, I didn't mean anything about it. Hers, her injury is not from that. <laughs> She's got her arm like that. I was like, just kidding. Oh, my goodness. Man, I'm on a roll today. Crash and burn, man. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about the rest of the things we have here. Being gentle. You know, uh, it's, it's amazing that a lot of people that I've seen in my life, people think if we get louder sometimes that maybe we're smarter or or just more attention, or people try to run you over by just, just being arrogant and things like that. But you know, when things, when you really go through something, it's that gentle voice. It's that person that is secure in their faith that really you want to lean into and listen to. You know what I mean? You say, well, wait a minute. This guy over here, he he's moves back and forth, tossed with the waves, right? Well, that person that is humble and gentle are grounded in the things of the Lord. And they've thought about that. You'll find that a person that's very gentle on their answer are usually very good listeners. Amen? How many could, how many could pray for their self to be a little bit better listener? Everybody in my family pointed at me and raised their hand. No, I'm teasing. But you know what? It's a good thing to listen, isn't it? It's a good thing to get both sides of the story. It's a good thing to take the information you got and lay it up against the backdrop of God's word. And ask Holy Spirit, Lord, guide me in these, these decisions. Guide me in these things that you have for me. Well, what else we got? Being patient. I thought, how many know that patience is a great thing to have? And also, it's a great thing that we need the Lord to supply in our life. One of my buddies, I wish I had a clip that Thomas put his car back together. We had a friend of mine working with him. And, man, he was all up in there and doing stuff. And I was the official flashlight guy. Flashlight guys have got a big job. Shining in the guy's eye when he's getting ready to put a bolt in and see how important it is. He's out there, and, and my buddy Kevin, he's going, and, and Kevin and Thomas are in there, and I'm doing all this stuff. And Thomas has been waiting like two months to get his truck started back up. And he gets ready, and he's pouring gas in the carburetor and everything. And finally it fires off, and man, it sounds like, whoa. Black out the black out the black. Because for those that don't know much about the cars, and not that I do, you got, a, you got like the header, and then you have the muffler and the tailpipe. We just had the header. That means it's loud, you know? And the cats are going everywhere in the house, everything like that. People's lights are coming on, and Thomas is going, <laughs> you know, he's just like, I mean, he's just going, yes, man. And I'm filming this thing, and, 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 and Kevin says, all right, kid, that's what he calls everybody. He says, all right, kid, be patient. That's all right, just be patient. You know, well, you know why Kevin wants everybody to be patient? Because Kevin is leaning over the motor with the gas can, you know? Yeah, that's it. And I'm just thinking, man, this is great. But you know, a lot of times, we're, we're not really that patient, are we? Any impulse buyers? Thank you, Jeff. Me too. But see, when I go to the store, I know what I want, pretty much. When I go to get something to eat, 
<laughs> Thomas, this is for you, son. You can, you can take something away from this. When we're going to go somewhere, I pretty much know if we're going somewhere, I, I, one or two things, that's what I'm going to get. Now, my child, young man, he, he, is, he will look at everything, every special, every deal, read the menu, think it's Braille, he's rubbing on the menu, he's sniffing the menu, and gets the same thing that he got last time. And the girl's going, you know, she's got two wrinkles waiting on her, man. Just, I was like, dude, just, just get, the, get the hamburger. You know you're going to get a hamburger with jalapenos. <laughs> He's going to get that, right? And so my patient starts wearing a little on the thin side. I was like, you know he's going to get the same thing. But he comes from a long line of, of that because his mama will look at everything and buy a salad. She'll look at everything in there. I was like, hey, she's going to get a salad. She's going to get a salad. And we'll get to somewhere sometime. And Denise will be coming home from work and stuff. And just say, Look, go ahead and order mom's. I said, well, you know, we better call and check and see what she wants. She says, you know she's going to want a salad. And the guy said, he goes around the table. He says, want a salad? I said, I better check. Because you know, guys, what's going to happen when you say, she'll take a salad. She goes, I think I was just going to get a burrito today or something like that. Now, that would be a shock for her. But no, I'll just have chips or something today. But that whole patience thing, we get edgy, don't we? We want it now. I know something that you can have right here, right now. You know what it is? Salvation. Amen. Forgiveness. I'm all about that. That's awesome, man. Isn't that great? We think, but our brain twists sometimes because we get saved, right? And then we say, I don't feel saved. What does it feel like to be saved? Everything's good, everything's happy, right? I couldn't do that two months ago, praise the Lord. Got my new knees, baby. I can work it now. Yeah. They said, they said you would be dancing. <laughs> Boy's got his friends up there and they say, I said, oh man, I'm sorry. They, 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 they were up here and I go, I'm sorry, y'all are on the front row. Mike said, be careful up there. You be careful. I'm ready. He's ready. Mike told him, he gets excited, he spits. I said, don't worry, it's the Holy Ghost. It's all right. Man, all the first time people are going here, what time is this over? And what time? I wonder if I could just act like my car alarm's going off. Patience. <laughs> but man, you know, so many times we just, we just work through stuff and just say, man, you know, I want it now. But that's something you can have right now. You can have forgiveness. You can have God's grace. You can have his patience. You can have his, his mercy. Let's keep on working through here. Man. And then it says, make allowances. Man, I said, that doesn't mean roll over and give in. It means to be compassionate because of your great love. Man, if there's one thing that I find that we, we seem to have a shortage on in the world, is compassion. Man, people will knock you down, step over you, and everything else. And I'm going to tell you what. You can fall into that same thing thinking, wow, man, this person looks this way or doing this or talking like that. Surely they're going to do that. Got a story for you. Me and Justin went out to eat last night. I know that's a shocker, right? And we're there, and this place is packed. But we're regulars. So we just go, hey, how y'all doing? Sit down at the table, right? And I see these guys hanging out, and they're on the phone. You know everybody gets here because me and Justin even say that. They're on the phone sitting down. Nobody's on. So the two guys, man, and they just, they, they, they just look like they're tough. Hats on sideways, all the bling on, everything like this. And they're doing this, and they growl at each other. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at the crowd, and this older couple come down. And his buddy elbows up like that. And the guy said, would you like to sit there? I said, come on now, boy. I'll tell you what, that's awesome. He got up and the guy said, thank you very much. 
Set them right on down there and kept on going better stuff. See, you just don't know, man. But that just blessed me so much. But it also made me think about something. What did you think they were going to do? If I was honest, I think they're going to make those folks stand up. But man, you know what? We can always learn from those things. That was the greatest yesterday, and we see it from time to time, but that was the greatest display of compassion for somebody else. In just an instant. They didn't make a big deal out of anything. Immediately, when those two older folks come in, those young boys jumped up off in the seat. Man, isn't that something? Do we think like that? Do we make allowances for one another? You know, maybe because, hey, maybe they can't stand that long. Maybe they can't that. Or maybe, maybe you ever thought about this when you're, somebody's responding to you at work, especially real early because they really haven't had that much time to get mad or whatever. Probably something going on at the home front. I work with guys and, and early in the morning and what you see is what you get. And, and they go, stop talking so much. Haven't had my coffee. Can you believe that? <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And they go, like, turn it down, man. But, you know, I'm so excited about each day that God gives us. Because I'm going to tell you what. Just turned 51. I didn't think I'd make it this far, man. You know, I really didn't. <laughs> you ought to see the scars on my body. I did not think I'd make it this far. But I'm excited about every day. But every day, God gives us an opportunity to make a difference. How many times we talk about being a difference maker? We are difference makers. Well, let's keep on going. It says, make every effort to function in peace. And we're talking about this, you know, in a, more about peace in a minute. I said, but you know, so many times... It's hard, it's, it's easy to say things, but it's a little bit difficult to implement some of these things, right? Because when you start to implement some of these things, guess what? You become second. You become second. Others become first. Ultimately, God is first. And then God works through our life. That doesn't mean, okay, listen to me real quick. That doesn't mean being a Christian that you are a footstool for others. But you're a place of comfort. And you're a mirror of Christ. And you're somebody that can encourage those other folks along the way. How many people have had people who encourage them? I'm going to say something real quick. I asked you to sign that card uh, for my friend. And we did ministry in the very beginning. This guy was so gentle and humble and patient and making allowance for me. Rock and roller, man. Me and my buddy Alan, Alan's got hair down to hair. Mine was about to hear and everything else. I got saved. I knew that I needed Jesus in my life. And that's all I knew. And everybody says, that's good. But there's still a lot of people wanting me to get a haircut. And there's still a lot of people that definitely wanted Alan to get a haircut. Because, you know, no, I don't know. I don't know. But my buddy, he made an effort to get with me, to disciple me. He helped me get this ministry off the ground. Now I know ultimately it's God. His dad and his mom had just passed. His dad had passed years ago. The Bible track that I got in 1995, y'all heard story many times, was given through his mom and dad's ministry with others. They only had about probably 10 people in the church, 11 people on a good day. I'm going to tell you what. There's so many people that their lives have touched because they were making allowances for people. And every, every, they, were, they were trying to make a difference in people's lives. And they didn't care that my hair was long. And they didn't care that my mufflers were hanging off my car. And they didn't care that I was still rocking and rolling and one foot in the world and one over here trying to walk with the Lord. Well, you can only straddle that fence so long. I'm so glad that God said, come on over here. I got room for you. Isn't that something? 
And he didn't keep shining the light back there. He said, but you know, if you would have done this and you could have done this and you should have done this. And if you clean up a little more, he exposed me to his grace. God's amazing grace. Over and over and over. I had no idea I was going to tie this in, but the unity that I saw displayed in, in my friend and his family, not just towards me, but towards others. Did street ministry with the guy for two years. Hospital ministry with the guy, everything else. And he's working, he's doing stuff. His wife's going through cancer treatments. But you never would know that because he cared so much about everybody else and he does care for his family, don't get me wrong there. But he was always serving. And when I think about that stuff and he asked me, he said, hey, could, could, could you and Tanya do some music at the, at the, the funeral? So I'm thinking, yes. And when I called Tanya, she, had, she said, oh, absolutely. Because she knows how big an impact those folks had on our lives early on and they still do. Who's had that impact on your life over the years? I want to tell you what. Don't wait till something happens to tell them, hey, man, I love you, and I appreciate that. I'm going to say many of the faces here, and all the faces here now, but those that I've known for a long time, thank you for the prayers and the encouragement and the going and the giving and the doing. And when you think, man, what in the world are we going to do? You made allowances for us, amen? Let us be that type of person, amen? Because you know what? I'm going to keep on rolling with this here. Because unity equals harmony. Man, a buddy of mine I work with, his dad, and I don't know if you guys know any background on this, was a member of the Five Keys. Okay, Five Keys was a black doo-wop group. It was the first black group that was ever on Ed Sullivan's show. My buddy that I worked with, his dad was in that. Right? And he said, man, listen to some of this. I mean, you the harmonies. I mean, it wasn't, they just, I mean, they got this stuff flowing, man. I go, that's amazing. Well, we went to grab some lunch the other day, and, I, and, and, he's in, and we were in line, and my buddy said, hey, and he's talking to that guy. I said, who was that? He said, he's the last member of the five keys. I said, he's the one note. <laughs> he said, you're always funny, aren't you? But I got to meet that guy, and I talked to him. I said, man, I'll tell you what. I said, I heard some of y'all's recording, man. I said, really appreciate what y'all have done, what you did. He said, I appreciate that, son. This guy's way, way up in his 80s. But you know what? And I thought about that harmony that they had. It's amazing. You know, when we're, we're playing over here, thank the Lord, Tanya's been teaching me how to do a little bit of that because I come from a rock and roll band. You just holler louder than the guy beside you. Yeah! That's it. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Your hair's doing all this stuff and you're doing this and then you get a haircut and you still go. And nothing moves. And you're like, people are going, what is he got a twitch or something? It's like, and you're doing this, you go, yeah. So there's nothing there. You know? Yeah, we get we get so used to things, right? <laughs> I don't even want to hear what happened over there. <laughs> Good place to get a drink. But it's it's crazy on those things, man. You get so used to that. But how do we have harmony in our, our workplace and our and our families and things like that? I believe it's by putting God first and responding like Christ. Christ-like. How many know that doesn't always come natural? Amen. That's never been an amen. I thought my hair was going to blow back. What's left? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So many times we, we walk through life and we think, well, if it just went this way, everything would be right. If it just went my way, everything would be right. How many are glad that as time goes by and you get a little age on you, you go, I'm glad it don't always go my way? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, the other 2% that won't be honest, that's like, yeah, I'm glad. It, it's crazy, man. Because a lot of times, our way is not always the best way. 
But I can tell you something. Here, let me help you with that. God's way is always the best way. Even if you don't understand all the pieces of the puzzle, it's going to be all right. And a lot of times that's where we just have to have faith. Amen. Because God's ways doesn't always look like what we think is going to happen. Amen. Because I can promise you, when I grew up, Jeff, be nice, that I never thought that, that I'd be preaching. <laughs> no. That's right. <laughs> see, see, all your buddies that grow up, this is great. When, when, you, when you grow up and your buddies are hanging out with you and everything, and they get saved too, we go, whoo, man, what a blessing. I was talking to a guy at work. The same guy was sitting over to the side that was telling me about the five keys. And one of my neighbors worked with me. And I hadn't seen him in a while. And we were catching up. And so my other buddy's just sitting there like this listening. <laughs> and you know what he says? He said, I've been listening to you guys for 15 minutes. Is there anybody that's not dead over there? He said, everybody, somebody got hit by a car. Somebody got shot. Somebody overdosed. Somebody did this. I said, well, I said, well, my buddy, see, I said, me and Steve made it out. Jeff made it out. Yeah, he made it out. But I'm going to tell you what, so many times those decisions and not keeping harmony and, and doing it our own way can cost you. It can cost you your life. But I'm going to tell you what, when we unite with Christ, what did this verse say up here? But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in the spirit. That's where the strength comes from. That's where the power comes from. Because let me tell you, how many know when you're trying to do stuff in your own strength, you can get tired. I mean tired. I mean tired. Man. We got a story on that too, but we're going to keep on going. Take a look at this. I was writing last night. I said, don't settle for good when God gives greatness. I want you all to write this down somewhere or abbreviate it. Or whatever. I said, a child of God doesn't have to settle because we got Jesus. We don't have to settle. We have it all in him. I said, friends, if you have Jesus, you've got it all. And that should bring some peace to your life. Amen? All right, let's keep on rolling. How many people like peace? Yeah. You know, I was thinking, too, at Unity. I wrote it down on some of my notes. I said, Unity gives us a glimpse of heaven. Everything in place producing a beautiful harmony. Isn't that great? Well, let's talk about peace here. You all seen this many times where it says, know God, know peace, and then to know God and know peace. Now, I'm sure that you guys have seen this out and about, maybe on a bumper sticker or something, but I couldn't resist because it's so true. Let me give you some scripture on that. John 14, 27. It says, peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. Mm -mm -mm. We talk about worry a lot. And I, I've said this many times. Because uh, I come from a long line of worriers. And my mom is a worrying machine. And uh, I, got a, I got a little dose of that the other day. And it makes me, me think a little bit while I'm talking to her. I said, well, mom, you know, we had a doctor's appointment last week. And it got canceled. So we got it this week. So all week, she's talking about the doctor appointment. So me being the, the number one son, she only has one. I said, well, Mom, you know, I, we, we joke a lot in our family, you know. People would say, man, y'all are kind of rough on each other. But we joke a lot, you know. And so she was talking about, yeah, she's, I even wrote it down. She says, I don't know why I worry so much about this doctor appointment. All they're going to do is make me read a sign and then we'll go home. And I said, yeah, I'm going to take you by Smitty's too, right? Anybody lives over there, they know that's a, good, that's a good deal. I'll go to the doctors if you take me by Smitty's, you know. And then she said, I just worry. I just worry about everything. So I'm going to be real funny. I said, well, Mama, if you want something to worry about, why don't you just worry about me? Why don't you worry about your little baby? 
She said, that's where all the worry and trouble started. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought, what? Sure did. I think that's where all my worry and trouble started. Thank you, Mama. Got the eleven. She's funny, boy. I'll tell you what. But the Lord tells us, do not let our hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's the only one that can really make that claim. You know why? Because he's in control. Right? Now, we can share that with others. But, you know, what, what happens going on with you? Your child says, don't worry about that, son. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, baby. No, everything's going to be all right. Because you've been around the block. You got a little control. You got very little control, don't you? But God is in control all the time. Aren't you glad? All the time. And I want us to just, I think as we get that, that removes that fear. It removes that division. We don't have to be afraid. Let me give you some more scripture on here. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? And I said, that's so awesome, man. We, just, we have to share that. I said, people just, uh, so, so many times, I wish we could remember that. I think we forget about it. Yeah, I, I told a, a little story ago. Now, let, let me tell you this. How come people seem to remember the things that you wish they would forget and never remember the things you wish they would remember? Did I say that right? Yeah. Did y'all happen to remember a story that I told a couple sermons ago about this one young fella that did a little swimming in the East Hampton River? Some, some guy, some person. I went to go get me a sub the other night. We do cook sometimes, though. Every now and then, I had to throw that in there every now and then, but you know, sometimes it's just easy to grab something. So I go to Mr. C's, and I know you're going to be listening later, Grayson, Junior. I go up there, and my buddy goes, Hey, how you doing? He's sitting up there, and I'm talking to him. He goes, Yeah. And we're talking about that, how's work and everything. And I'm getting ready to leave. Let me go back. How is it that people remember the things you wish they wouldn't? <laughs> and, and you know what I'm saying. And he goes, man, I really can't believe that uh, you tried to swim through the East Anthem River in December when you was a kid. And I thought, at least he's listening to the sermons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, I said uh, so you listen to that, did you? He goes, yeah, man, I listen every week, man. That's awesome. So this week, you made the headlines, brother. You got it. So that was good, though. But I thought, you know, I wasn't thinking about going to get my son. Somebody was going to say, you remember when you did that? You remember when you did that? But you know what? People are always watching. People are always listening. Don't get tired of doing good things for people. Don't get tired of encouraging people. And you know what? The way you could do that, you could come back and refill. Again, like we say on Tuesday nights, Sunday, all the time. But don't just wait to fill up a couple of times a week. You know what? God has given you the great opportunity to pray. Just like we're going to see on that movie coming up. But y'all already know that. But this is going to just bring in some other things to encourage us in the Lord. Man, I don't know. Anybody, most anybody in here has lost a loved one, right? Right, right? You'd give anything you could have talked to him one more time, wouldn't you? And so, just one more time. Man, sometimes I think about it. Man, you know, it's, it's been so, so crazy, man, doing some more stuff with Thomas. And as he gets older, your role really changes, right? I start to feel like my dad. That's not a bad thing. And, but they also remind me that you're still buddy. So we're working on the car again. Let me just tell you my little dad story. And we need a wrench, a particular wrench. The flashlight guy's got to find the wrench. 
So I call everybody for the wrench. They don't have it. I said, look, man, I'm just going to go buy the wrench. Dad said, he's going to buy the wrench. So dad goes down, and I get in there, and I said, one wrench is $16, five wrenches are 29 I can do that with Kickatan, man. We want, the, we want the five wrenches. And I'm all happy. I said, man, you know what? I remember my dad used to do that. My dad just said, hey, look, 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 we're going to save some time. I'm going to go down there and get this wrench, and we'll do, we'll, let's do it right. All right. So I come back and they go, oh, we were done 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I got me some new wrenches, so. And Tom said, well, you going to take them back? I said, no, evidently we're going to need them, so let's just keep them. But isn't that something? Now, I could have I gone, well, my goodness, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you? I thought, isn't it? I did my dad the same way. Well, while he was gone going to get this, I figured out a way to do it. You know at work when you send somebody to go get a tool, right? The longer you work, take your time going to get the tool. Because they are going to fix it while you're gone. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? All the time. Miles and his hey, can you go get me this, this pipe fitting and such and such? Yeah, can you get And you go look for it, and you are high and low, and you look for it. And you come back, I got the piece. I got the piece. And they go, oh, we don't need that no more. <laughs> it happens all the time. But I'm going to tell you why. Do you got the piece? Do you got the piece of God in your heart? I want to be the guy that's running with I got the piece. I want to share it with you. Now, and sometimes when you go off and, 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 and fill up again to bring the peace back, they say, oh, I already got the peace. Talk about your heart. But any peace we have outside of Jesus is going to be temporary. Amen? Amen. My, my buddy used to tell me one time we had a guy, I tried to witness to him in, over the years. And uh, he said, I know that you can't buy love. He said, but you sure can rent it. He said, I got all types of friends when I got things going good. I said, you just answered my question. <laughs> what happens when you're out of cash? He said, well, that's a different story. No, that's the same story. You'll find in life, and I'm not telling you all anything you don't know. Anybody over, over 10 years old knows this. People will change, won't they? People will be back and forth. But if you can live this life and you've got one or two great friends, let me tell you, you've been blessed. And if you're still looking for those one or two great friends, let me, let me introduce you to one that will never leave you or forsake you. His name is Jesus. Amen. Let's keep on rolling. Do you ever worry about what somebody else will think? Oh, my gosh. Let's just stop and pray for everybody right now. You know we do. You know we do. Michael, you're going to hurt your neck. He looked down like this. <laughs> he writing notes. I got to miss my but don't we worry about that? That's half the reason why my mind worries about stuff. I give her room for her money more when I'm coming up. I do know why. I just had a thought. I'll leave that story out. But anyway, growing up, I, I would, I would want to do different things and try different things. My mom said, oh, don't do that. <clears throat> why? I thought it was because maybe I'd get hurt. Maybe, well, I don't want to. We, my mom wouldn't let us open the blinds up too far because it looks like a for rent house. That's what I live with, man. <laughs> don't open the window up too far because it'll blow the curtains and, and it won't look right. I don't care. I'm sweating. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you. <laughs> Love my mama. You got to. Well, she likes it just like this. Boy, she likes it just like that. Just like that. But as she's got older, she loosens up a little bit. You know? Amen. Yes. She's good now. She's pretty good now. She'll, a few things get her, but now I'll bring her a hamburger. She just starts chewing on it like this. Looks like a ketchup mitt in her hand. 
what's Jesse doing today? I was like, you got a little piece right there. Ah, don't worry about it. Susie, eat it. Because <laughs> when you get old, you don't really care no more, right? You don't care. You don't care what the neighbors think. Man, my, I, had a, I told you about my Aunt Margaret. Lord, I'm going to jump on that. My Aunt Margaret was amazing, right? She was the lady I told you about, could smoke a cigarette, never flick it but one term, and had that ash like that. <laughs> Billy Graham on, drinking eggnog that will burn your ears off. Yeah, you can figure that one out. And smoking that stogie right there in, in, in quilting. Going on there. I'm thinking, hey, Mar- da, da, da. oh, that's all right, honey. You got that thing. And finally, later on, right down to about the butt, she go, drop that thing off, man. Look like, look like, what do we used to have one of those little, uh, the snake things, that's what I was thinking about. Y'all remember those things you used to light, uh, 4th of July, the little long snake? Yeah, she did. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she could do, put that on her cigarette. Man. But she had peace. <laughs> she didn't care. But you know what? Even in the midst of that, she was witnessing to me about Jesus. I started talking about stuff. She said, uh, she, she listened for a little bit. She said, can you go turn the TV up? Okay. That means I don't want to hear what you want to say. I want you to hear. I turned it up. Man, Billy Graham, he's up there. Back out, back out, back out. He's preaching the gospel. And she'd be looking like that, seeing if I'm taking it in. And if I was too hyper, she says, you want some more eggnog? <laughs> now, my grandmother lived about from here to Tabernacle from my aunt. I could run that bike. Well, I don't know what eggnog is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Goodness, no one I don't have any hair on my tail. She burned it off when I was 12. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Good thing. They live by the beach. Good thing I didn't try to swim then. I, yeah. Grayson, we'll talk about this next Saturday. <laughs> but man, it's amazing. But she didn't care because she was so plugged in with the Lord. Now, I'm not saying she did everything right, but I'm going to tell you what. She did show me about compassion. She did show me about love. And she showed me you can love Jesus, you can still be in the ladder whack. Isn't that something? That's a testimony. Like Lee was saying, I said, my buddy come and check this out today, and he knows me. He goes, that's a testimony itself, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. That's good. Because you know what? We made allowance for other people. We made allowance for ourselves. My, my aunt would make allowances for me, but you know what? I would make allowances for her, too. How many know in relationships, sometimes you got to make allowances for one another? Sometimes you got to love them right where they are. I got to tell you a little something. My wife's going to get all, she's like, what's the big deal? I, I, I get hurt easy. I get hurt with stupid stuff. I'm not kidding. I got a new phone clip for my, my phone <laughs> last night, and I was putting the trailer like this, and I took half my fingernail off with that thing. And, and that's, that's right. That's what I figured she was going to say. And she's, well, she's like, don't bleed on the carpet. <laughs> you know? We got light green carpet. You don't want to bleed on the carpet. I said, can you believe that? She goes, how do you do this stuff? You know? And then she went and she taped it all up. And she says, you know, I'm used to doing this at school now. I've got to give the kids extra band-aids because they'll chew them off. I said, I, I think one's good for me, honey. <laughs> you know? If your wife is a small school teacher, you get some stuff. You don't always have peace. You get in the car at 50 years old and you ask, your wife will, will ask you have, you, have you went to the bathroom yet? <laughs> did, you leave, did you go to the bathroom before you left? I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, it's crazy, man. She's still, she's still in teacher mode. 
Or she'll say, well, you don't want me to do that, do you? I don't care. You know, it's crazy, man. It's, it's something else. You know, pray for your pastor. Right? But it's true. I'm getting hurt on all types of stuff. But I just thought, that, I said, wow, a little compassion. I'll take it. I'll take it. What I did not tell her is, that was the cheapest band-aid I ever seen in my life. <laughs> I washed my hands last night, got all stuck in, I'm pulling up. No wonder the kids are eating them, baby, they're not done. <laughs> now, then we'll probably have a lawsuit next thing I know. Well, yeah, you say it'll just pop off. This thing's like starting breeding into my skin and stuff. So anyway, I appreciate it though. Oh, man. I, I wasn't worried about other things. You know, I wasn't too worried about what other people think, right? I learned this because, you know, when I took some seminary classes and all this stuff, you know what they say? It's not a real good idea to use yourself as an example. <laughs> Must have failed that class, didn't I? Because <laughs> every week they say, man, you ain't going to believe our preacher. You just ain't going to believe what happened to him. Because I figure if you realize that I'm just like everybody else and God is still working in my life, he'll work in your life too. That's it. You know? It's, a, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing. I've, I've told you this for you guys that had not heard it before. Do a lot of funerals, and it's un unfortunate. And if, if you come up in a rock and roll thing and you haven't seen anybody in a long time, they still think you're the same guy that you were then, right? Yeah? Can't do that, right? But anyway, had to do this particular celebration of life, and I saw all my buddies. And they were ready for the service. They smoked about three cigarettes. And they're on the back of the truck. Hey, man, what's up? You still jamming? I go, every week, man. Really? You jamming? You play the guitar? Every week I play the guitar. Every week. Right? And so they're up there and they're cussing and slapping you on the back and all that. You remember this and all this and all this. And you're trying, oh, no, I don't want to remember all that. And then you get ready and they're up there and they said, oh, we're going to have Pastor Buddy Chapman come over and bring the word. And I jump up there and all the guys go, they go like this and go, I didn't know he was the preacher. <laughs> you know, they just offered you like three beers and everything. They're putting stuff in the back of your trunk. Man, you got to try some of this. I'm like, don't put that in my car. I got a government job. <laughs> you, know? you know, but they, they, you know, they ain't thinking nothing about it. It's like, oh, we go and leave. I'm leaving. Let me see about this. Have you ever seen a, a fight at a funeral? Go to Buck Road. <laughs> We're out there, and, and I'm sitting there, and I, I say, I'm speaking and everything. I do the message. I'm sitting down. I'm eating a ham biscuit. And this girl comes in, and she's got a cigarette. And this other girl says, you can't smoke in here. And that girl with a cigarette <laughs> must have had a little time delay. Because she said something along the lines of, who's going to make me put it out? I think she said, who's going to make me put it out? And that girl showed her who was going to put it out. And she drug her all the way out there. I'm looking, I'm eating like that. And this one lady go, you got to do something. You got to do something. And she was running about there. I was like, can I get some more mustard? I'm not going out there. I can pray from here. Goodness gracious, man. So I get ready to leave him. I say, where's your church? I said, well, we don't have one. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I gave him a bunch of cards and everything else. And I know they were real interested because one of the guys was cleaning his teeth with it when I went out there. Hey, yeah, we're going to come sometime. So we go out there. And Denise calls me when I'm walking out to the car. And the guy says, hey. And I bought a bunch of CDs. I said, maybe I can reach him with the music. Right? I don't care, man. I'll never forget where you come from. I was, this, I was the same guy. I didn't know anything different. You know, so I'm passing the CDs out. Hey, man, it's good to see you guys, man. Maybe I'll come out to church sometime, man. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, man, wear your jeans, wear a ponytail. I don't care. Come on. And so anyway, Denise called. And I, I said, hold on a second. 
And, and I got the phone open. I'm talking. They're hugging me, slapping me on the back, and they're crying, and they're laughing, and they're popping the Budweiser. And she said, where are you? I said, I just, I just left the funeral. Are you at a bar or something? And I'm in the parking lot. I said, I'll be home in a little bit. But see, that doesn't bug me. Because you know what? Go into all the places with all the faces. Aren't you glad that somebody came outside the church and told you about Jesus? Amen. You know? Amen. My buddy that I was telling you about, the pastor the around, that was the guy. I mean, one of, one of many. He'd say, man, don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about that. Ah, don't worry about what they said. Look, look, look. He'd always say, what does the word say? He'd always say, what does the word say? And I would go and I would be thinking of something and I would call my buddy and he'd be on a work job, man. He'd be working and jobbing and, 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 and yelling at his people and everything. Hey, what are you doing? I thought, you just broke that. Don't do this. We bought a new one. No, what, you go to Colossians 3. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, no, look that up over there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go back to John 3, 16, okay? And he's telling me all this stuff on the phone. He always made time for me. Who has God put in your life that maybe you need to make some more time for? Maybe it's the person in the mirror. Because a lot of times we pour out so much that we don't take care of ourselves. And I'm going to tell you what. Don't worry about what others may think. Because I'm going to tell you this. Do you think the person that probably irritates you the most at work and, and, and just gives you the hardest way to go is going to be standing over your casket, wringing their hands, going, oh, I'm so sorry. They're going to be up there trying to get your new desk. Right? You know? Isn't it something? If, 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 if you knew someone's going, well, we'll just write down a prayer and just put it in their desk. I've been praying for you today. They're probably going, who is that? Who is that? Wouldn't it be something? Got one more story. I had a guy like that at work. And several years ago, you know I love gadgets. I got a, uh, I got a uh, phone that had an FM transmitter. Right? An FM transmitter means... You can play the radio, and I can play what's on my phone on that radio, right? So I had a lot of sermons on there. And we had a guy where he would always play this stuff on him. Man, just negative stuff. I'm like, I can't take this no more. I can't take this, man. I can't take this. And I got an idea. I'm going to jam his frequency. So I went over there, and he used to listen to this guy, Tom Jordan, hardest working man in radio. That's what he would say. Oh, no, I can't take this anymore. So I put Charles Stanley on there. And every time he would go to that radio station, I'd be, well, Lord, uh, we'd like to thank you for blessing us today. And he'd be hitting that radio. What is wrong with this? Moving all around. So we had a radio out back in the shop. We'd do that, right? I was going to get him saved one way or the other. So then the other guy said, man, why are you laughing so much? I said, oh, man, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I said, watch this. He'd go, to his, he'd go up there at lunchtime, and he'd turn his radio on at his desk. And I'd do that everywhere he would go. Any radio that he had, he was hearing a sermon all the time, man. He started to mellow a little bit. I'm hoping it took hold, but he finally retired. But anyway, I'll tell you this. Are you kidding me? So my buddies go, let me have the phone. They would take my phone and wherever he would go, he loved music. So he would take the radio and he'd go out on the job. They would go over there and take, the, take my, my little FM transmitter like that and plug in some more preaching. It would be something because the guy would be going, Woo! Well, as a boogie singer, praise the Lord. We'd like to take a pass to have it. And the guy was just going like this, man. Now, that might have been the best way to do it, but one way, one way for sure, we're going to get the word to him, amen? 
Don't worry about what others think. Let's keep on going. My gosh, I got a few more things to go through here. Oh, my goodness. Everybody doing all right so far? Yeah, we don't want no division. <laughs> 1 Corinthians six fourteen says, And God raised the Lord and will also raise up us up by his power. The next thing I want to talk about is God's power. We're really looking at unity, peace, and power. And as we have those, those things in our life, we'll see that, you know what? We're blessed with the Lord. Our hope of salvation is certain because God's purpose is unchangeable. Aren't you glad that you know that God never changes? Everything in this world changes. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you scripture on that. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you sink your faith into that right there? That's a good word. When everything else is going crazy, when everything at your school is going crazy, you know that Jesus is for you. When things are going upside down in your marriage, you know that the Lord is for you. The job, all these different things, know that the Lord is for you. We can count on him because God is faithful. Amen. Got a little bit more I want to share with you here about the power. You all can see that. Colossians 2, I want to read some selected verses. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sin, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. Somebody say, all my sin. Absolutely. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. It's his mighty power that holds us and keeps us secure. It's his mighty power that saved. He's the one that left heaven to come here to pay the price so that we can have life eternal with him in heaven. That's the thing I want us to see today. Because division is real. There's always somebody or something trying to take away something that God has. You know that, that the enemy is a great counterfeiter. He'll set you up, sell you out, make you pay more than you got, keep you longer than you want to stay, all those things. But I'm going to tell you what. Look at that, and, and for homework, just put that in your hearts. Man, you were dead because of your sin and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sin. The division between God and us has been cured in Jesus. He's the sacrifice. He's the one. He's the multiplier. I pray that we're adding to his kingdom daily by trusting in that. So my last thing I want to share with you, division versus unity. Let's read this aloud on three, all right? Psalm 133, one. One, two, three, read. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Unity wins every time. Unity wins. It produces that peace. It produces that power. And it multiplies the kingdom of God. It's about building bridges. Making ways to bring other people into the kingdom. You know, when we meet here in a couple of weeks, we're going to do that blessing bag. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you one, other, one more quick story. And I don't give people's names and different things and stuff when I'm sharing different things like that. But just have God. Do you know that God is an on-time God? I'm going to tell you, just, this, this wasn't even on my tape yesterday. I had a buddy of mine call me. He doesn't usually call me at this time. I hear from him from time to time. He goes, hey, man, what you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to go to my mom's. He said, you got a minute? Yeah, what's going on? He said, man, the Lord has just really put, you know, keep the promise on my heart. Really? He said, 
You know, every time I think about reaching out and stuff, I always think about you guys. You're always trying to reach people with the gospel. Always trying to reach people with the gospel. I so I want to be a part of that. I said, great. You are a part of that. You, you know, man, you've been sponsoring and doing and praying and all this stuff. He said, yeah, but I want to do more. He said, can you come meet me? I said, yeah. Can you come pick up a check? I said, I'm already there. Right? I said, yeah. And I told him about the blessing bags. He goes, that's exactly what we were talking about last week. This is a God thing, and I want to be a part of it. See, I already knew what he was going to do through his people that are available. Thank you for being available. Thank you for, for, for being able and willing to do these things. Don't miss the message. It wasn't about money or anything. It was about somebody heard from God. Somebody was obedient to God. And we got caught in the middle because we were being obedient to what God asked us to do. Isn't that something? God works like that all the time and all types of things. You don't have to worry. Don't worry about the neighbors. Don't worry about God being mad at you. He loves you too much, right? His grace is fresh every morning. I wrote something down yesterday, and it was along the lines of this. There's no dream that you could dream that's too big for God to bring through to a reality. You ever thought about that? What in the world, what is too big for God? Nothing. Take that and seal that in your heart this week. There's nothing too big for God, and I am God. God, I ask you to work in our life today. But I want you to hear this right here. You say, well, all that sounds really good, buddy. And I've heard about him, but maybe you've never received him. Today is the day you can receive him. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you today that you multiply. You're not in the division business. You're in the multiplying business. You're in the harmony business. You're in the peace and the power business. You're in the life-saving, changing business through Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I pray each one that listens real close, Lord, take my words, Lord, and pierce their heart today that today will be the day of salvation for them. If you're here today and you're not sure if something happened that you'd spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to look and listen right now. I want you to be 100% sure from God's word. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we all blow it. Don't beat yourself up. Just realize that God loves you right now regardless. And he says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know that Jesus came to pay our sin debt in full because sin separates us from an awesome and holy God. That started a long, long time ago. That division, just like we said, the enemy has. The sin and the doubt and the fear. Well, Jesus Christ came to overthrow that. We have victory in him. And if you want that victory and you want that peace and you want that power in your life, listen close to me. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus believe on our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If that's you today, say, Lord, I'm asking you to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I'm trusting the finished work of the cross, Lord, to put me in the family of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you love me just the way I am. Lord, help me to grow and learn from your word. Help me to be more like Jesus. If that's your prayer today, don't leave here without saying, Pastor, but I prayed that prayer today. If you're here today said, I know that, but I've just walked away. I've fallen off. I've done all these things. Well, let me tell you this. God never changes. And his offer for you is still the same. He says, you know what? I love you so much that I sent my son to pay for all the sin in the world. Receive that, walk in that, and walk in that peace and the unity and the power that we have in a personal relationship with Christ. Never, ever, ever let the devil divide you again. 
cling to his word, and hold to his truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap.